Greetings to you my dear friends brothers sisters dear family of God in the name of Jesus I know that many of us are from different places physically emotionally spiritually we may be in different seasons of our lives but we are gathered tonight in the name that is above every other name and there is so much power when we gather in that name Jesus promised us that wherever two or three would gather in his name he would be present in their midst and tonight even though we are separated by distance even though we may be in different nations and we may be experiencing different circumstances and challenges and trials in life tonight we will have access to the same presence of God irrespective of where you are what you are facing you're going to experience the same Jesus the same river from the Lord from the throne of God we are so so privileged my dear friends we are so so blessed to be in this season to be in this stream and i'm sure that most of you have been constantly and intentionally receiving from the lord every weekend and that you've been coming with a heart that is prepared and with a vessel that is ready to receive from the lord i know that you've grown by leaps and bounds just by the word that came to us last weekend you know there's so much that we can do by praying and there is so much that we can do by fasting and there is so much that we can do by fellowshipping but when we in fact engage with the word of god we are in fact engaging with god himself and whenever you engage with the word of god you are having a moment of encounter with god himself and i truly believe that the lord's presence that is released on his word every weekend is transforming you from the inside out and that is the true purpose of receiving the word of god is to be transformed to be changed to become more and more into the image of jesus see if we are following jesus for a long time and nothing has changed we look stable on the outside but there is this constancy in our life and we are not going from strength to strength then there is a big problem then we have to go and inspect and get ourselves checked because anybody that has a life in them will constantly grow will constantly be transformed and be changed and thus become mature See our problem is that sometimes we hold on to teachings and ways of belief that is fundamental and basic we may be glorying in the fact that we are preaching Christ crucified and that is necessary for us to preach Christ crucified and yet that's not it there's so much more there is so many more mysteries that we can have access to when we truly grow and we become mature and we are rooted and we allow our roots to go deep down accessing both the dimensions of the land and of the water in this season my prayer and my hope is that every word that we receive will bear fruit in our lives 
that when we touch that water, our lifestyles will change, our prayers will change, our finances will change, our way of conversations will change. Everything that defines who we are, that people identify us by, will be changed and transformed when we meet with that water, that tiny essence of water, a little bit of water. The word said that at the scent of water, life will return and there shall be blossoming one more time. And that has been our belief, our prayer, our desire and our pursuit in this season. And I'd like to take this moment to thank the Lord for our dear father and mother, the prophets, the apostles, the leaders of this entire movement who've been covering us and who've been hearing the heart of God and the mind of God and bringing it to us week after week. We thank God for their sacrifices. We thank God for their prayer. We thank God for the battles that they are fighting so that you and I can walk in freedom so that you and I can experience deep, personal, close, intimate walk with Jesus. They are actually charting out a path for you and I to follow and to imitate and to receive blessings that we actually don't deserve. But it comes to us by inheritance and when we understand the principles behind it. This evening, or morning, whatever time zone you are in. We're going to go a little more further. We thank God for this privilege that he has given us to study the book of Revelation. I am so, so privileged to be with each and every one of you here week after week. And I believe that the Lord is blessing each and every one of us. See, if you start reading the book of Revelation in chapter 1 and verse 3, it says that God he blesses the one who reads the book of this prophecy and he blesses all who listen to its message and he blesses everybody that obeys what it says. So there are blessing for three categories of people. Those who read the book of Revelation, those who listen to teaching and the message of the book of Revelation and third, those who obey the instructions that are there in the book of Revelation. So I truly believe that there is a special blessing upon each and every one of us that are receiving God's word week after week. That's why we spend a lot of time reading through the scriptures, reading through the book of Revelation and trying to glean everything that the Lord is trying to minister to us. See, we do not have a special blessing for getting all the prophecies and the details and the dates and the names and everything correct. There is no special blessing if you are able to interpret the book of Revelation. There is a special blessing, however, if you would read, if you would listen and if you would obey. So that's what we are here to do tonight one more time, to read, to listen and to obey what God is speaking to us. Let's turn our attention to Revelation chapter 15. We will begin with verse 5. This is John. He says, Then I looked and saw that the temple in heaven, God's tabernacle, was thrown wide open. 
Did you know that there is a temple in heaven? Did you know that there is a tabernacle in heaven? We need to understand that everything that we see here on earth is a replica of what is originally in heaven. There is a tabernacle in heaven. There is a temple in heaven. There is an altar in heaven. There is a throne of grace in heaven. It says that when John saw that the temple in heaven, God's tabernacle, when the doors of this temple was thrown wide open, there were seven angels who were holding the seven plagues that came out of the temple. They were clothed in spotless white linen with gold sashes across their chests. This is talking about a time during the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. Just to give you a brief revision, we talked about how the whole time of the Antichrist, the one world government, is going to be for a period of seven years. The first three and a half years will be relatively peaceful and be filled with prosperity and be filled with answers and solutions. But the next three and a half years is where chaos will strike. And that's also the time when the judgment, the wrath, the anger of God will be poured out upon the earth. And here in this scripture, we talk about those angels that are now bringing the wrath of God to be poured out upon the earth. Now let's read the description of these angels. It says these angels, they were holding the seven plagues. They brought the plagues out from the temple, from the presence of God, from the place where God lives, God dwells. Is that even possible? Isn't God the creator of good and lovely and beautiful and uh, glorious things? How can plagues come out from the temple? How can something that hurts me, that will cause me pain, come from the presence of God? And yet here are seven angels who are going to release the judgments of God upon the earth. And they are not bringing it from hell, but they are bringing these judgments from the presence of God. See, these angels, they were qualified to throw these judgments, to release these judgments upon the whole world. And here you see their qualification. It says they were clothed in spotless white linen with gold sashes across their chest. This is the qualification, my dear friend. So often we think that we are qualified to judge and hurt and point fingers at others. Jesus said, let those who don't have sin, let them throw the first stone. So if you have spotless linen upon you, if you have that gold sash around you, if you have your life which is completely free of all kinds of sins and defilement that comes from the world around us, then you are qualified to judge the other person. Otherwise, you and I, we are not qualified to release judgments. I'm not saying that we cannot correct people or help people or confront people or criticize a wrong behavior. What I'm saying is that we cannot release a judgment upon somebody 
because of their sins. And verse 7, it says, Then one of the four living beings handed each of the seven angels a gold bowl. This bowl was filled with the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Please understand that each and everything that we read about here has a lot of significance in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm. I pray that you will continue to receive revelation upon these scriptures even as you are reading them. It says verse 8 that the temple, it was filled with the smoke from the glory and the power of God. No one could enter the temple until the seven angels had completed pouring out the seven plagues. We see something similar when Solomon was offering worship to God and when he dedicated the temple on earth. It says that nobody could enter or move or do anything in the temple because of the glory of God, because of the smoke of God's glory and power. And we see the exact same thing happening in the temple in heaven because there was a particular pouring out of the wrath of God that was in progress. So can you imagine and understand the gravity of what is happening right now? That God would have to pause everything. That heaven will stand still to witness these movements. See, judgment is not something that is enjoyed and celebrated in heaven. It is not because God wants to hurt you and I that he would pour out judgment upon the world. It is because it is a necessary thing because God is a just God. There is a time when his patience runs out. There is a season which is set for judgment and this was the time when his wrath is going to be poured out upon all the earth. And it says that the temple, it had so much of glory and so much of power that was coming out of the temple that there could be no other movement. This act of judgment took supreme priority. Verse 1 of chapter 16, it says, Then I heard a mighty voice from the temple say to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out on the earth the seven bowls containing God's wrath. So what John was seeing earlier was in the temple was within the premises of God's presence. Now, these seven angels who has poured out the bowls of God's wrath from the temple, now they are actually coming into the physical realm. They are coming into the earth. When they were in the heavenly realm, they are outside of time, they are outside of the laws of physics, they are outside of visible uh, eye and there's not much that is happening in the physical world when it is being poured out there. But now a voice came from the temple that told the angels, you can go and pour out the bowls on the earth. So the first angel left the temple and poured out his bowl on the earth. And horrible, malignant sores broke out on everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Do you remember this is one of the things that we have to be aware of, we have to be careful to avoid. Not only do we avoid it, but we also preach against it. We expose the work of the beast. 
we read about that last week the message of these three angels one of the angel he would preach against this one world government and expose all the works of the beast all the hidden agendas behind the mark of the beast and the statue that represents the beast and the worship that the beast will expect from the people all over the world there will be a group of believers a group of children of god that are going to resist it and preach against it and now it says the first judgment it's not on the people of god because you remember that the people of god are spared from the wrath of god the wrath of god for us was already poured out on jesus 2000 years back so this wrath that is being poured out it is specifically on those who have taken the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image his statue verse 3 says then the second angel he poured out his bowl on the sea and it became like the blood of a corpse and everything in the sea died so the first judgment when it came it hurt human body the second judgment when it came it hurt the whole seas the whole water body system on the earth the sea turned into blood blood that would have the thickness like the blood of a corpse and everything in the sea plants animals fishes everything each and everything that was in the sea died verse 4 it says that the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs and they became blood as well so there are two different judgments one on the sea and the second one on the rivers and the springs both of them turned into blood and i heard the angel who had authority over all the water saying you are just o holy one who is and who always was because you have sent these judgments since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets you have given them blood to drink it is their just reward i completely believe that this is going to happen in a physical way there are people who would interpret to believe that it could be a spiritual sign of something else but i truly believe that physically water will turn into blood seas will turn into blood the rivers and the springs will turn into blood god has done it once before in egypt when the whole river nile turned into blood and god is going to do the same thing one more time where the rivers and the seas and the springs all over the world it will turn into blood and there is this repeated emphasis on the fact that the judgments that god pour out they are just and they are true that it is not by mistake that god is allowing these judgments the judgments of god they are always true and correct and appropriate god says that it is because of the blood of my holy people and my prophets that they have shed that i'm going to now give them blood to drink instead of water verse 8 then the fourth angel he poured out his bowl on the sun now he caused it to scorch everyone with its fire the first bowl was hurting the human body the second bowl hurt the 
sees the third one hurt the rivers and the springs the fourth one it was hurting the sun and it says in verse 9 everyone was burned by the blast of heat that came from the sun so these guys they are hurting in their body because of sore and now the sun is scorching them with the heat and they don't have water to drink because the rivers and the seas and the springs have all turned into blood and it says that in their anguish they cursed the name of god who had control over all these plagues yet they did not repent of their sins and turn to god and give him glory this makes me wonder how could it be that a person can see such a undeniable demonstration of god's power and god's glory and still not repent and still not turn to god and still not give him glory and still not worship him and still not give their lives to jesus how can it be that a person who is seeing such clear demonstration of the fact that this is a living god he has control over all these plagues and yet they chose not to repent of their sins and yet they chose not to turn to this god there's this question that sometimes plagues even believers why will god send somebody that doesn't know about jesus to hell why would god condemn them for all eternity it says that even after they had a visible demonstration of god's power and glory they did not receive him what would you say of such a person don't you think that he or she has willingly embraced their fate of a life apart from god it says in verse 10 then the angel the fifth angel he poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast and his kingdom was plunged into darkness his subjects they ground their teeth in anguish verse 11 and they cursed the god of heaven for their pains and their sores but they did not repent of their evil deeds and turn to god you know when i read these repeated emphasis on the fact that they did not repent that they did not turn to god and they did not give god the glory and they did not change their hearts it makes me think that that is exactly what god is after god is not after causing them pain see if god's intention is to truly hurt them god would just condemn them into eternal hell and the story will finish with that and yet the one reason why these bowls are being poured out is so that there can be opportunities and chances given to people so that they can change their heart they can repent of their sins so that they can turn to god and they can give him glory but something crazy happens when you take the mark of the beast your will gets sold to the enemy your will your worship is given to the beast now you don't want to worship anybody else now you don't want to surrender to anybody else you are already a slave of the enemy and now god is giving them chances upon chances to repent of their sins and to turn to him and they refuse to take it they would curse god 
they would grind their teeth against god they would be in anguish and still they will not turn their hearts back to god god was not after their money he was not after their physical health or their physical comfort and convenience god was truly after their hearts their worship verse 12 it says then the angel the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great euphrates river and it dried up so that the kings from the east could march their armies toward the west without hindrance now this is where things get interesting it says that the first four bowls that were poured out they were completely different from the fifth sixth and the seventh bowl the first four were bowls of judgment against everybody that had taken the mark of the beast but starting from the fifth bowl onwards it says that it was poured out first on the throne of the beast it could represent the place that he would reign from the babylon that he would be using as a capital for his one world government scripture tells us that the whole place will be plunged into darkness very similar to what happened in egypt when the whole nation everywhere in egypt there was darkness and yet the people of god the israelites they had light everything was normal in the camp of israel everything was normal in goshen and i really believe that will be the state of the church and the nation of israel even in the last days that the judgments the plagues the bowls of god's wrath it is not going to affect where the people of god are they will continue to thrive they will continue to grow they will continue to fulfill the mandate and the purposes of god for their lives because they are the light of the world they are the answers the solutions when the world gets dark they will shine even more brighter now the sixth angel when he pours out his bowl it is making way for the marching of armies this is what i believe would be the next big world war i wouldn't want to call it the third world war because i believe that this will be the ultimate world war the world as we know it will come to an end with this particular war because you see that the kings of the east are going to start marching towards the throne of the beast and one of the things that would signify or point towards this particular incident is the drying up of the euphrates river see the euphrates river is one of those four rivers that flowed from the garden of eden even to this day it's a very important river for multiple nations the river rises from turkey and then it flows further into syria and the modern day iraq and i believe that the drying of this euphrates river is going to be a significant point at which the armies are going to start marching towards the throne of the beast the armies from the east the kings of the east it says they are going to start marching towards the throne of the beast verse 13 of uh, revelation chapter 16 it says i saw three evil spirits or three unclean spirits they looked like frogs they leap from the mouth 
of the dragon the beast and the false prophet here we see the counterfeit trinity the satanic trinity the dragon the beast and the false prophet see the dragon is the serpent himself satan himself the guy who desired to sit in the place of god almighty the lucifer who was thrown down from heaven the second guy in this trinity is the beast the antichrist the one who is going to be a counterfeit christ who is going to look like jesus try to bring peace like jesus try to rule the world like jesus would eventually do and he will be the second personality in this satanic trinity and then there is a false prophet the third personality in the satanic trinity you would see his description in other chapters that this guy the false prophet is going to cause miracles to be done in the name of the beast and he will make everybody worship the beast he will cause people to be deceived to worship the beast see just like the holy spirit is the one who convicts us of the righteousness convicts us of our love for jesus the false prophet is the one who will do all the miracles and the signs and the wonders and he's the one who is going to draw people to bring them to a place of worshiping the beast and it says that they these three evil spirits that went out of their mouths the mouths of the dragon the beast and the false prophet they are demonic spirits where did they go out of from their mouths it represents the lies that this satanic trinity would speak the lies the one thing that the enemy does very well from the garden of eden even till today is that he is a master deceiver jesus said he is the father of lies and that is how he has conquered the kingdoms and the kings and the nations and and all that he has conquered till now he has done it with the power of his words with the lies that he would speak with the deception that he would release it says they are demonic spirits that are sent out and they would go and work miracles and they would go to all the rulers of the world to gather them for battle against the lord on that great judgment day of god almighty so you would see that when the sits the bowl was poured out the river euphrates dries up and then that is making a way for the kings of the east to march towards the throne of the beast but before the kings of the east would come the satanic trinity is going to activate the lying spirit the deceptive spirit and he is going to gather all the nations all the rulers of the world of this one world government and he would bring them all to gather them against god against god's people against this armies that is going to come against him from the east and verse 15 it says is in fact Jesus who is speaking he says look i will come as unexpectedly as a thief blessed are all who are watching for me who keep their clothing ready 
so they will not have to walk around naked and ashamed. We need to pay close attention to this warning that Jesus gives us in the midst of this revelation, this prophetic revelation of the end of time and specifically about the next world war that is going to take place. Jesus tells them, in the midst of all of this, you need to remember that I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Now, there are many people who have believed that Jesus coming like a thief in the night means that it would be a secret coming and it will be a secret rapture. Nobody would know about it. And only after the church is raptured will all of these things take place. Whereas Jesus tells these guys, in the midst of all of this, you need to remember that I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. He's not talking about an event that has already taken place. He's talking about something that is going to happen now in this time frame. When these guys are coming in for battle, that's the time when you need to be watchful. You need to be careful because Jesus is going to come. He says, blessed are all that are watching out for me. Like I taught you a couple of weeks back, we are not waiting for the enemy. We are not waiting for the tribulation to begin. We are not waiting for the Antichrist. We are waiting for our lover. We are waiting for King Jesus. Blessed are all who are watching out for me. What do they do? They keep their clothing ready. They keep oil in their lamps. They are not going to be walking around naked or ashamed. That is the description of a child of God who is going to be prepared and ready to receive this Jesus on the earth. Yes, he will come like a thief in the night, but not for you and I. You and I, we are in the light. He will come like a thief in the night for those that are not expecting him. For context, let me read this scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 1 onwards. This is Apostle Paul writing after a revelation that he had about the coming of Jesus. He says, Now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write to you. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and everything is secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin and then there will be no escape. Verse 4, pay close attention to this. It says, but you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters. You won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. So this is not talking about Christians. It's not talking about believers. It says, we will not be surprised when the day of the Lord comes. Verse 5, for you are all children of the light and of the day, and we don't belong to the darkness and the night. So be on your guard, not asleep like others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. So God is telling us this. Yes, Jesus is coming like a thief in the night, but not for us, for the world outside, for those that are gathering for battle, for those that think that with this everything is going to be 
peaceful and secure and everything is going to be all right the antichrist the beast and the dragon and the false prophet these guys have everything in control they are going to give us a secure and a peaceful world that's when jesus will come like a thief in the night the most unexpected moment in history jesus will come but don't ever think for a minute that you and i will be surprised the bible says blessed are all who are watching for me revelation chapter 16 and verse 15 i'm going to come unexpectedly as a thief but there is going to be a group of people who are children of the light who are not going to be surprised by my coming who are waiting for my coming who are going to be ready they are going to keep their clothing ready so that they will not be found naked and ashamed verse 16 of revelation chapter 16 it says and the demonic spirits they gathered all the rulers and their armies to a place with the hebrew name armageddon it's uh, taken from the other word called megiddo or the valley of megiddo you would see this valley of megiddo in israel and in some wars in israel and that is the place that the bible says is where the final great world war will be fought there is going to be a whole drying up of euphrates river and even today you should understand that the euphrates river is a point of big contention and tension among multiple nations that are benefiting from this particular river and as soon as this river dries up it is going to make way for the kings of the east to rise in rebellion against the antichrist or the beast or the guy who is on the throne of the whole world this is my belief that there is going to arise a group of people that are going to see the antichrist for who he is and they are going to resist him physically tangibly they are going to raise up a battle against this one world government they are going to try to fight this battle in their own strength in their own power and this euphrates river drying up will make a way it could be a reason it could be a point of contention or it could be a starting point for this next great world war and the bible says that the antichrist in response to this rebellion he is going to gather all the rulers and the armies of the entire world and bring them to this valley of megiddo or this place by the name armageddon we would see references to this in the book of joel chapter 2 and chapter 3 where it talks about how god will bring all the nations of the earth into this valley of decision into this valley of judgment that is where god would establish his judgment he will pour out his wrath upon the nations of the earth and that is being fulfilled here in the book of revelation chapter 16 you see the full outworking of that prophecy and i want you to picture this in your head the antichrist let's say he's ruling from this place called babylon where he is calling that place as his headquarters that it becomes the throne of the beast now there are kings of the east that are marching towards the throne of the beast 
I'm sure that these guys are fed up. They don't want to submit to the Antichrist anymore. They don't want to take the mark of the beast anymore. They don't want this wicked rulership over their lives. So they are trying to overturn this government. And in response, what the Antichrist would do, along with the help of the dragon and the false prophet, is that they are going to send out their evil spirits to the ends of the earth and gather all the nations of the earth, all the rulers of the earth against this small army. And the Bible says that they were in fact gathering in battle against the Lord. How can that be? Where did the Lord come into the picture? Because the Lord has not yet come. You remember that for the rest of the world, He is going to come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. So they don't know that the Lord is coming into this battlefield. What they do know is that the kings of the east are rising up in rebellion. My belief is that these kings of the east, they are not going to be an ordinary people group. They are going to be led by Christians, believers, those that will stay faithful to their testimony, to their faith, to their relationship to God. They are loyal till the end. They are the ones who are going to resist the enemy. The book of Daniel chapter 11 verse 32, it reads, He will flatter and win over those who have violated the covenant. But the people that know their God, they will be strong and will resist Him. Which means that there are going to be people that are not just going to fight Him in hiding, they are openly going to resist him. But these are people that know their God. They are not unbelievers. They are not people that have no understanding about their relationship with God. They know their God. Because they know their God, they will be strong. They will strengthen themselves. And they will violently resist the Antichrist. That is why in the book of Revelation chapter 16, you would see that when the Antichrist calls for the entire world to come to battle, it says that they came to battle against the Lord. They, in their eyes, they were battling a small army of people that wanted to resist this one world government. But in God's eyes, they were gathered up for battle against God himself. And that is why that was known as the great judgment day of God the Almighty and they gathered in this valley of Megiddo or this place by the name Armageddon verse 17 of Revelation chapter 16 it says then the angel the seventh angel he poured out his bowl into the air and a mighty shout came from the throne in the temple saying it is finished then the thunder crashed and rolled and lightning flashed and a great earthquake struck the worst since people were placed on the earth the great city of babylon split into three sections and the cities of many nations fell into the heaps of rubble so god remembered all of babylon's sins and he made her drink the cup that was filled with the wine of his fierce wrath and every island disappeared 
and all the mountains were leveled there was a terrible hailstorm and hailstones weighing as much as 75 pounds fell from the sky onto the people below they cursed god because of this terrible plague of the hailstorm so what we see here is the people gathering up for battle against the lord against the ones that resist the antichrist against the ones that are standing up for what they believe in against the people of god the whole world is coming together to battle and to fight and to obliterate the children of god from the face of the earth you know you could go back into the book of daniel and to a lot of prophetic books in the old testament and study this in detail the battle of armageddon is going to be a world war because it involves all the nations of the earth the nations that submit to the rule of the beast and the kings from the east that don't really submit to the rulership the lordship of the antichrist now you may have different ways to interpret this scripture but try to ask yourself this question how could it be that the antichrist is so paranoid why is he so insecure that he's trying to bring all the nations of the earth in battle against this group of people it's because he knows that these guys carry the light of god they know what they are doing they are not people in the dark they cannot be deceived they cannot be bought by miracles and signs and wonders like the rest of the earth these guys we need to obliterate them thrash them to the ground that is the only way that we can overcome them so what he does is bring the entire world against this tiny group of people that are trying to fight and resist the work of the beast on the earth but mind you the battle of armageddon is not the end the judgment bowl of the seventh angel that is going to create chaos all over the world and there is going to be a voice in heaven that says it is done it is finished god's wrath has been completed completely poured out upon the earth you remember jesus said something similar on the cross when he said it is finished when jesus died when he took the pain the suffering the judgment of god upon himself he said the same thing it is finished we have two options today either to trust in the first finished work of jesus on the cross or to wait for the second time that there is going to be a voice that says it is finished if you're not trusting in the finished work of jesus on the cross then you will be partaker of the judgment that is going to be poured out when revelation chapter 16 is released upon the earth and then it will be finished you can either let jesus carry your judgment for you or you can be the recipient of the judgment and the wrath and the plagues and the struggles and the pain that will be inflicted upon you you and i we are so blessed to be recipients of this grace by which we are saved through faith in Christ Jesus through faith in what he has done for us we escape these seven plagues that are going to be poured out as a expression of god's wrath 
as an expression of God's hate and intolerance towards sin. Three times you would see in Revelation chapter 16 that these guys, instead of returning to God, repenting of their sins, they raised their fists against the God of heaven. They cursed the God of heaven. They cursed his name and they ground their teeth against the God of heaven. They knew that this God is in control of all the plagues and all the struggles and all the pain and yet they did not repent. May that not be said about you and me. May we be people that know the goodness of God, that respond to the mercy of God, that respond to the blessing and the favor of God. So many times I've heard people say, if God would just do a miracle for me or do something out of the ordinary, I will believe and I will follow him. Now, God in his mercy and his grace, several times he does that for many people. But let me tell you the story of the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man who went to hell requested Father Abraham saying, can you please send Lazarus back to the earth so that by the raising up of the dead, by the miracle, these brothers of mine, they would believe that there is a reality of heaven and hell. But Abraham replied and he said, your brothers on the earth, they have Moses and the prophets. Moses represents the law or the word of God and prophets represents the teachers of the word of God. So Abraham said, they have the word of God and the teachers of the word of God. If your brothers are not going to believe in the reality of heaven and hell by the word of God and the teachers of the word of God, they will not believe even if a person would raise up from dead and go and teach them about heaven and hell. Today, if you are waiting for another miracle, another breakthrough, another blessing so that you can give your life a hundred percent to the Lord, let me warn you of a time, a day when it will be too late for you to live for the Lord. You still have time. You are still in the acceptable, the favorable day of the Lord. Now is the time for us to give ourselves to Him wholeheartedly. Our hearts, our resources, our time, our relationships. If we can let the Lord purify, sanctify, refine and use everything in us and everything that we have for His glory, then we are not just going to be saved to go to heaven, but we will be saved towards living a life that honors God, loves the Lord, lives for the Lord, resists the enemy and establishes the kingdom of God upon the earth as long as we are alive, that we become a headache to the enemy, to the kingdom of the enemy. That is my prayer for us. May we only be spectators of the bowl of judgment that is going to be poured out from heaven. May we not be among the ones that are going to be suffering or the recipients of the wrath of God when the bowls are poured out. Here is the warning for the Christians, for the believers, for the children of God, for the children of the light. Verse 15, let me read that one more time and then we'll finish. It says, I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. But you are blessed if you are watching out for me. If you keep your clothing ready so that you will not have to walk around naked 
and ashamed may you and i be found with our clothes on may you and i be found with oil in our lamps may you and i be found in the right place doing the right thing being faithful not giving up not losing self control not quenching the presence of the holy spirit in our lives not living in rebellion against our leaders against the spiritual authorities that god has placed over our lives see all of these are signs of the last days let me read this scripture as a warning and we'll finish with this second timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 onwards you should know this timothy that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money they will be boastful and proud scoffing at god disobedient to their parents and ungrateful they will consider nothing sacred they will be unloving and unforgiving they will slander others and have no self control they will be cruel and hate what is good they will betray their friends be reckless be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than god they will act religious but they will reject the power that could make them godly stay away from people like that it's not talking about people of the world it's talking about christians who will act religious but not yield to the power of god may our lives not represent this may our lives be away from people that do this may our lives truly represent the maturity represent the heart the character the person of jesus that's my heart and my prayer my cry my sincere desire for each and every one of us on this stream come on let us pray together father we come into your presence in the name of yeshua We thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege of being blessed by your word. We thank you for the privilege of reading your word, listening to your word and obeying your word. And we thank you that we are blessed when we do so. We are blessed when we receive it. We are blessed when we practice it. In these last days we want to be vigilant. In these last days we want to grow in firm knowledge and understanding. so that when the antichrist comes when the beast is revealed when the dragon makes himself known when the false prophet comes we will be able to resist them we will know our god and because we know our god we will resist them we will fight the works of the antichrist we will fight the works of satan we will fight and we will not be unaware of the schemes but we will fight it we will resist it Give us the grace Lord to do the right thing. Help us to keep our garments clean and stain free of every guilt, of every sin, every iniquity, every transgression. May our lives be spotless in your sight. That is our heart and our prayer for ourselves. We pray for each and every person that's tuned in this morning, Daddy. Those that are hurting and are broken and are struggling in different areas of their lives where they do not have answers and where they have not yet found reconciliation with you i pray lord that this morning there will be a transformative work that will happen in their hearts from the inside out there are desires that will be plucked out
there are desires and emotions that will be removed that will be evaporated out of their lives as they listen in this morning daddy we know that you are doing a deep deep work we yield ourselves to you and only to you have complete control over our lives to lord we give you all the praise in jesus mighty name we pray amen amen wow the lord is really really good his goodness is running after you this morning his goodness is running after you this afternoon or evening whatever time of the day you're tuned in the lord loves you my dear friend let's continue to worship the lord in the comments and give glory to him give praises to him let me finish with this god is giving us a chance one more time to receive from him to experience encounters with him to receive answers to our struggles our problems our challenges so do not miss this weekend stream sunday morning at 11 a.m it's available both on youtube and on facebook make sure not to miss it make sure to tune in live along with the rest of the family all over the world and let us together grow in the maturity that is the need of the hour may we be rooted so that we grow deeper stronger and greater in this season god bless you thank you for tuning in this morning may the lord cause the rest of the week be filled with his favor and grace over your life